Hey everybody, this is the BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you guys about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. If you didn't know by now, Total Beverage is delivering beer, wine, and liquor to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge down to Erie. For a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off your $50 or more purchase on their website and on their app. Use the promo code BSN10 to save $10 off your $50 or more purchase for all of your parties and events and have it delivered straight to your door. Now let's jump into the show. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Crisscrossing with Jost. Right in, turned out by Jari. That was a one-on-two. And Jost. The best avalanche coverage in Denver. Hello, 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 and welcome in. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. I am your host, Jesse Montano, joined by AJ Hayfley, coming to you again in the uh, in the AM, the morning after yet another Colorado Avalanche win. And for those of you keeping track at home... As my Man, phone starts got ringing. to mute that thing for these shows. I know. I uh, I know. I forget and about it's, it. It's not me that is dri- it, it drives crazy. Let me tell you. I get I get a text <laughs> about it every show. Yeah, about my phone. You need to tell oh. Jesse to mute his damn phone. I'm like, okay, I'll remember next time. I'll t- I will. I swear. Well, now I remembered. <laughs> I'm actually I'm actually just gonna turn it on loud and mount it to the we side were, of my we microphone. We were 40 seconds into the show and it went off. <laughs> hey, you know what? It happens. <laughs> Every show. It's hilarious. It happens. All right. I have people that are trying to get in contact. I got peeps, with me. okay? I got peeps. <laughs> <laughs> As I was saying. For those of you keeping score at home, that is the fourth Avalanche win out of this best of seven series, which means they are moving on to the second round as they knock off the Calgary Flames four to one in the series, uh, five to one last night. And AJ, honestly, the Avs were an eight seed taking on a one seed, and they made it look pretty easy. I'm. I'm kind of in the same position I was last night where even after having digested a little bit, I'm, I'm half of me is stunned. And the other half of me is like, well, this is the team that played well all year. See, for me, it's, I, I more of just can't believe that they're going to the second round just because it's been so long and it's been such bad hockey in the interim at times that to sit here and be like, whoa, it's actually 
it's actually some of these are coming to fruition. Some of these prospects and some of these players and things are trying to pan out. That's the part that I can't believe. I'm not at all surprised the Avs beat the Calgary Flames. Um, I am maybe a little surprised that that they did it with what looked like so much ease. They got shut out in game four, or excuse me, four to nothing in game one. And then after that, I mean, they never really, they never really looked back. They, the, the, the Flames, in my opinion, never really stood a chance in this series uh, after that first game. Uh, to me, it was never even close. Even the games that, that, that went to overtime, the Avs dominated. Uh, you know, Calgary from the jump tonight and in game four never really felt like a legitimate threat. Johnny, Johnny Gaudreau, who we'll talk about later in the show, uh, I mean, was a, was a complete no-show. The Avs completely minimized him. I'm not at all surprised the Avs knocked off the Flames. I said it the whole time leading to the series. The Flames seemed like fakers to me, man. They had everything go right. They had a little bit of avert- adversity, and they absolutely fell apart. Bill Peters looked lost. Uh, this this series was all abs from from the jump for me. Yeah, I mean, do you remember do you remember our our podcast after <clears throat> after the first game where I said I feel better about this series because mm-hmm. it like that I didn't think that was the best we were gonna see from Calgary, <laughs> 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 but I felt like. Colorado played just such an overall just mediocre game. And it didn't, I mean, it it just, it was still, we, we were still talking about like, they scored, they scored two goals in that game. You know, one was a crazy Kachuk tip, like a perfect tip. And the second, or the, and the third one was some like weird goal where, Grubauer never saw it, and it went off like the inside of his skate, right? Um, and mm-hmm. and we were like we were talking about like like micro things. We weren't looking at the big picture and saying, "Well, they got run over." Well, I was gonna say, I mean, that first game. Thinking about it, we all we all really liked their their first period. We all really liked their first period in game one. We're like, hey, you know, they got out of it Definitely. scoreless. They kept everything. You know, we we we've honestly. They lost for nothing in game one, but you know, partway through that game, we felt pretty yeah, good about it. I mean, you really up until I think there were seven minutes to go in the second period, and I looked at the clock and I was like, wow, this game's really flown by. And it's really low intensity, and the crowd's not making any kind of difference whatsoever. And everyone's just kind of sitting here waiting for the series to get started. And, you know, mm-hmm. a minute and a half later, Mangiapani walks out of the wall and scored that goal. But that was like, that was, right. I mean, even that, that was it for the fourth line from the Flames in the series. You know, mm-hmm. uh, unless you count Garnet Hathaway getting kicked out and then beat up and then <laughs> embarrassed a bunch of different times. Um, yeah, jeez. No yeah, kidding. that guy got run over in the series. And whatever justification Calgary has for having that guy on an NHL roster needs to be rethought because he <laughs> sucks. Um. Yeah, which is great. Keep him. Sign him. Sign him to an <laughs> eight-year deal. Um. But no, man. I honestly like. I as a whole, like. I. I would have. I mean, you know how sports go. Like 
there are certain there are certain things that are cliches for a reason. And I I would I thought we we are going to see the absolute best that Calgary has to give in Game Five. I figured they would probably defend the home ice, and then they would be completely emotionally spent, and the Abs would run them over in Game Six. That's mm-hmm. that's where I thought we were headed when last night when the game started last night, um, and then of course they didn't even bother. You know, and, and it wasn't even well, like they dominated say, last night. Like last night was was fine. You know, last night was 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 kind of an even game, but Mike Smith finally showed up. Right. Well, well, see, that's that's what I was saying last night. You were really expecting this big push from the Calgary Frames. All right, here's where they're really gonna flex their muscle and show why they were so dominant. And they just they just didn't. To me, that 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 was a team. That all year never had to flex. They they had the skill. They were able to score. You know, career year, career year, career year, career year. And and to me, last night was where that really showed up. That hey, these guys, these guys have never. They, they didn't have to push this season. They didn't have to push back. They didn't have to punch anybody in the mouth. Uh, you know, they just kind of got to roll out every night and do their thing. And so I I'm right there with you. You know, when when we got to Blake Street last night. I was fully expecting it to be like, all right, you just got to hold on for this first period, try to get out down less than two, right. and you know, this, that, and the other. And Calgary just – and I don't know if maybe – maybe we're not giving enough credit to the abs here by saying Calgary didn't ever push back. You know, the I mean, Philip Grubauer, Johnny Gaudreau is going to have nightmares of, of Philip Grubauer for the next, you know, six months. And and, – and, the abs totally shut them down. Kale McCard dropped right in. And so I said, maybe we're not giving enough credit to the abs for shutting down the flames. Um, but really, man, it was, it was, it was honestly just like bizarre. You just kept waiting for the, for the Calgary flames to show up and they never did. And, you know, one of the things I think where I went wrong in looking at this series was I, I didn't give enough credit to the fact that Calgary hadn't been there. You know, mm-hmm. and and it's it's always really really hard to to decide uh what like how important is experience, right? Because even though the Avs had been there last year, you know, how important was six you know six playoff games like the the only six playoff games from a bunch of those guys that ever played right like right right like like you could say yeah okay so now they've got playoff experience and it's invaluable but how important is it really when it's just that right well Mm -hmm. because they showed up they were happy to be there they got beat by the top seeded team everything kind of went as expected they were a little more competitive than we thought they would be, but how valuable was that really? Um, and then how much did that prepare them for this year to walk into a series where they had a better matchup than we expected and then against and, and against a team that had less experience than them, a team that, you know, was very much like the 2013-14 Avs in the sense that they they went from a team that had missed the playoffs for multiple years, like 
and then and didn't work their way up, but won their division. You know, had took the big leap during the regular season, won their division, and now they're growing pains. Their adversity came in the postseason, that first round. You know, where all of a sudden you get to the playoffs and you don't have a stretch anymore. Uh, when you when you know you're in the postseason, you don't have an, a soft part of your schedule. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. You're not you're not sitting around looking at it going, oh well, you know this week we play Arizona and L.A. and Anaheim because you know and then and right. then Edmonton, all teams and we can clean up these parts of our game during right those. like all parts of all all teams that were in their division that they played over and over and over and over that anytime they 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 might have felt down on themselves they could turn around and get right against those scrubbos and right. they you don't have that in the playoffs it's it's you got to show up and be your best every shift you know every night every shift every game it's the little details it's it's the commitment it's all of that and learning that is really you know it's hard to do on the fly and i didn't give I did not give their lack of experience enough credence going into the series. But as it went on, it was obvious that not only had uh, the, the were the players still green, but Bill Peters. Um, that and, and that's the big one for like, me. And I think I think I really it, it took a while for me to really feel like he was getting out coached, but there were no meaningful adjustments. Um, he stood up. I, I watched him. Uh, I watched the, the, the presser live after game three <laughs> when his team gave up 56 shots on goal. And he was like, how many shots on goal did we give up? And one of the media guys, uh, you guys gave up 56. And he was like, yeah, so we've obviously got some problems to correct. And I thought that it was a, I thought that it was a pretty solid diagnosis of the problems overall. I mean, it was hard to argue. He, I mean, nothing he was saying was wrong. But then we saw no meaningful adjustments in games four or five in terms of how they wanted to play, uh, in terms of any kind of matchups. Nothing changed. Colorado just kept running them over. See, and and, and to me, that was and, – and the reason I made the comparison at the beginning of the series, and it seemed a bit extreme between this Flames team and the 13-14 Avs team – was because to me, when, when the Flames, when they did, when they got punched in the mouth and they had to answer back, their only answer, because Bill Peters ha- had never been in this situation, was, well, just keep doing what made us successful in the regular season. Just keep doing it. Just stick to the game plan. Stick, what, what does everyone always say? We got to stick to our game plan. We got to stick. And to me, that was what Bill Peters, it seemed like he kept telling his guys. Obviously, we don't know. We weren't in the room. But that was essentially what Calgary did. No, no, no. Just stick to the plan. Just stick to the plan. No adjustments made. No no line shifting. Um, you know, no no different. You know, they even commented on, hey, you know, the defense is really giving us problems coming late. We're going to make an adjustment for that. They didn't. They just, they just kept getting beat up the exact same way. And that's where I think the experience part comes in. You know Johnny Gaudreau not showing up. That's a th- that's a him not being able to ramp his game up and, and turn it to the next level. Nathan McKinnon has made an entire career out of getting to the next level by ramping it up when the games matter. So that doesn't surprise anybody. He did it his rookie year. So you know that that 
that part, I don't know if you can necessarily put on playoff experience, but to me, where this series was really lost on playoff experience for the Calgary Flames and, and an absolute runaway for the Avs was uh, through coaching. Jared Bednar had seen what it was like to have to make adjustments and you couldn't just keep rolling out the same thing. You've got to adjust to a team that you're playing multiple nights in a row that's getting a lot of looks at you. Jared Bednar did that. Bill Peters did not, in my opinion. Yeah, and I mean, you also, you know, Jared Bednar also just had to tell Nathan McKinnon. He basically just had to let the dog off the leash. Yeah, exactly. You know, like I mean, Nathan he, McKinnon he was, was just sitting here on the bench. Like, you know, I, I always uh, joke when I when I refer to McKinnon as a, you know, as a rocket-powered golden retriever. But, mm-hmm. like, that dude, he's just sitting on the bench. And it's the same thing as – it's very similar to me when you see like you have a dog and he's sitting there and you tell him to sit and he sees like the rabbit go running across the yard, you know? And he's like, Oh, I got to get him. Oh my God. I got to get him. This is going to happen. He is sitting. I'm going to destroy this rabbit. Like this is about to happen. Oh my God. I've got to get him. And like, yeah, right. And he's like, he's like frothing. He's like, Oh, I got to go. This is happening. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're like, all right, go get him. And then he just, Shoo! that's that. I mean, that's <laughs> McKinnon, man. Like that's in the playoffs, especially, um, you know, he doesn't have the, the, the spotlight problem that Johnny Gaudreau clearly does. You know, last night, uh, this series was the third series of, of Gaudreau's career. And the last two series, uh, you know, he had two points in four games. The last time Calgary was in the postseason. And he had one point in five games in this series. He hadn't scored a goal since his first time around uh, in 2014-15 with the Flames in in the well, playoffs. Let's, like, total ghost, man. Let's take a pause right there. I'm going to remind you all about Green Solution, which has 17 Colorado locations and an express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. Get on your phone right now and go to their website, mygreensolution.com, Order your flower concentrates, edibles, and topicals online. Head to the closest green solution for pickup and make sure you use the promo code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Uh, well, AJ, I'm just going to go ahead and jump right into segment two here. Um, kind of a light ad day, so we'll jump right in. Let's continue talking about Johnny Gaudreau. Total ghost in, in, in the playoffs, one point. He was the lowest scoring Hobie Baker winner on the ice in this series. Uh, and he had two additional Damn. games played over the other Damn. one. That's messed uh, up. <laughs> uh, AJ, I mean, the, the Avs just completely eliminated not just Johnny, Johnny Gaudreau, but this entire top line. You know, going in last year, we we talked about the matchup against the Flames. We said, well, the Avs have the, the advantage at the top, at the head-to-head with their top guys. The Avs' top guys will be able to feast, uh, you know, on, on – you know, on, on, being the best players on the ice. Well, coming in this year, we said that's not maybe necessarily the case. You got Johnny Gaudreau, you got Sean Monahan, uh, you know, you got you got Mark Giordano, who was just a points machine this year. And all Morris. of them, right? All of them were complete non-factors in this series. Absolute non-factors. Uh, the Abs completely eliminated them. I I barely even noticed Brady Kachuk outside of Game One. Uh, outside of a penalty here or there that he took. I mean, Matthew? Uh, uh, yes, I'm sorry. Did I say Brady? Yeah. I mean, not that there's See, a huge we spent, difference. But. We, spent, we spent too long talking about the Ottawa Senators. Uh, 
and now they're just seared into my brain. Um, but no, I mean, I mean, you know, I, I didn't notice Kachuk for, for most of the series. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau, you know, the first time you, you really remember even hearing from him was the missed penalty shot followed by a missed breakaway followed by a goal that didn't count. Um, Things went real well for him. Mark Giordano was was nothing special on either end of the ice. The Avs absolutely, absolutely caved in Calgary's top guys. Um, let's let's continue talking about Johnny Gaudreau really fast. Uh, you know, I saw actually someone else, and I forget her name. The girl that does all the videos, the trade deadline from every team's perspective, playoffs from every team's. She actually tweeted last night exactly what you were saying. So does this mean that or she, she she said I think we have to stop calling him Johnny Hockey now? Yeah, I mean I I told Cole Hamilton in game two that if he doesn't score in the series, he loses Johnny Hockey moniker forever. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> well he didn't. Uh, so. Yeah, no, you know I think um, you know when we walked into the series, and it's not even so much Gaudreau and Monahan that that weren't uh, there. Uh, I think I think Giordano uh, getting run the way that he did was big. Uh, Noah Hannafin getting run the way that he did was big. Obviously, um, we talked. You know, Mikhail Backlund. That was the X factor. Mikhail Backlund, a defensive uh, a defensive center, who has developed his game enough where he's a good forty ish point guy, uh, but is is getting paid and and deservedly so to be a defensive stopper, right? And we uh-huh. had seen this particular matchup, Backlund had erased McKinnon before. And the only thing that the the only time McKinnon had ever really gotten the best of him was the last time around um in the regular season when Colorado ran over the Flames. And they couldn't get a they couldn't get a stop from Varley that night. And mm-hmm. you remember that was the game where you and I were at one of the little pub company bars. Oh, and yeah. we were sitting in the in the in the corner there where next to the door and it was like windy and cold. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I remember Michael Froelich, that goal that Michael Froelich scored where it hit his knee where it was a shot that was headed wide of the net. And it randomly hit for Leak's knee and and ricocheted into the net and Varley was like what, and we were all like what, and mm-hmm. that's it started to legitimately feel like oh my god they're th- this is gonna be a disaster this year, yep like they're never gonna they're never gonna crawl out of this their goaltenders can't stop anything even though that wasn't that certainly wasn't on Varley but I was mad at Varley because. He wasn't stopping anything right then. Well, you're you're just you're just mad, and and it's like, yeah, he hasn't stopped anything else, so we might as well put that one on him too. Because what else has he done? Yeah, well, and you know, the night before they had just run over the Jets, and Grubauer couldn't stop anything, and so mm-hmm. you're just sitting there, and you're like, geez, who are these clowns? You know, like <laughs> this is so frustrating to watch, and. And then this series happened, and I thought, okay, well, is it going to be like last time with Backlund or all the other times? And Mikhail Backlund got run over. I mean, run over in the series. He matched up against McKinnon, and McKinnon 
chewed him up and spit him out. Just flat out. I mean, just dominated him. And that's that was the big thing, was Colorado felt comfortable continuing to run Soderbergh and Ranton in against Gaudreau and Monaghan because neither line was really scoring at that point. You know, early on in the series, neither line was scoring. And McKinnon was. You know, McKinnon got the game winner in game two, and that set him off down a path. Um, nobody really got going offensively um, consistently. You know, I mean, Kachuk was their best player, and Kachuk was just okay. Like, Kachuk, Kachuk would have been, like, the fifth best player on the abs in this series, the way that he played. I don't even know if I would have put him that high. I, you know, I, I, I seriously, I barely even noticed Kachuk outside of game one. I barely even noticed oh, him. Oh, he was, I thought he was, I thought he was consistently good throughout the series, and he was an impact player for them. The thing that we didn't notice was all the nonsense with him. But he kept finding, he well, kept right, finding but, but, ways. But, but I mean, what's Kachuk's game? That that's that's my point. What you just said is exactly my point. Nobody from Calgary was playing their own game. Matthew Kachuk w- was trying. He he spent game one trying to bait people into penalties. Got Zadorov laid a lick on him in game two, and he completely changed his game. He was not the Matthew Kachuk from the regular season. He, he, he was trying to generate offense, which you're right, you know, whatever. He wasn't the same Matthew Kachuk that, that made him and the Flames successful. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying here is, is nobody from Calgary was themselves. Not even Mike Smith, who was great in this series. He wasn't himself, Yeah, which he, is an obvious dig at Mike Smith. He, but, he turned into the pumpkin that we expected coming in last night. Like, he was a big reason they lost that game last night. Well, but but I mean, if you're the Flames, can you even say that as you as you threw away three top tier performances from him? Eventually, you're gonna run out on that. Oh yeah, you know? no, I mean, like, look, I mean, Mike Smith got buried for for several games. Like, mm-hmm. Flames fans can 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 look at this and say, oh, well, they they lost two games in overtime, and this, so it's not like they got obliterated. You know, if you watch both of those games. The Avs were the better team in those games by a country mile. I mean, it's not even close uh, how much better the Avs were in both of those games. It just Mm -hmm. took them a little while to finish, and they got great goaltending until until they finally broke through. Like, Mike Smith got them to overtime twice. Otherwise, this would have been an absolute destruction of a series. You and I talked about, I don't remember if it was privately or on one of the last shows we did, but if it wasn't for Mike Smith, I do. I think you would have seen both number one seeds uh, swept out of the first round if it wasn't for Mike Smith. Yeah. Uh, AJ, let's go ahead and take uh, our our technically our last break here uh, of the morning. We come back, we're just kind of going to put a bow on all of this, man. Uh, extremely exciting time for the Avs as they are moving on to the second round after a 4-1 to series win over the Calgary Flames, capped off last night by a 5-1 to blowout in Calgary. BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back. 
the biggest benefits of CBD are our cognitive, our neuroprotection, neuroregeneration, anti-inflammatory, and then a lot of the most common situations that, that people are taking it are for pain. That is Arthur Jaffe, a former CU Buffs football player and founder of Elixinol, a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. Like Arthur mentioned earlier, CBD has significant medical benefits and isn't limited to just athletes. Everyone can take it, from adults and children to even your dog. I wished I would have learned about it or that it would have been more prominent at a younger age to potentially have, have given my father a, a significant opportunity to fight prostate cancer, which ultimately took his life when I was 13. You know, I really think that it would have helped him. Arthur and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out Elixinol.com. Green Mountain Dental Group is a family-owned business that has been a staple in Lakewood for over 40 years. Whether it's cosmetic, oral surgery, or preventative dentistry, at Green Mountain Dental Group you will find nothing but the best. We have chosen Green Mountain Dental and will continue to attend Green Mountain Dental because of the superior care that we receive from them. Their facility is amazing and above all, it's the personal touch that we receive from the people there, including Dr. Ben Jr. and Ann and Mary and Sherry and Marie. They've known me was my husband, my children, and now my grandchildren, and are just incredible with all of us. That was Annette. She's been a patient at Green Mountain Dental Group since 1976 and truly loves their service. Never did I think in 1976 how blessed we would be to recognize the people at Green Mountain Dental and are so thankful that they have been a part of our lives. For all new patients, Green Mountain Dental Group offers free teeth whitening trays when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. Just mention BSN Denver. Third and final segment here, BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. Also want to remind you guys about that game-changing coffee. Stravacraft Coffee is a CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives, and their reviews are incredible, so make sure you check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It has even helped decrease anxiety. CBD is all-natural and non-psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we could not recommend it more to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2019 at checkout and get it shipped straight to your door. Jesse Montano, AJ Hayfley here hanging out, talking abs, flames. Abs are moving on. 4-1 to one series win over the Calgary Flames, and the abs await the winner of Vegas and San Jose. But we will have plenty of time to talk about those potential matchups here in the next coming days. AJ, we came into this series, and... You and I had talked right when the regular season ended, and we said, man, I feel like Calgary's a good matchup for them. I think this is going to be a good series. Uh, I think it's going to be entertaining. And uh, as it turns out, it wasn't all that good of a series. The Avs kind of wiped the floor at the Flames. The Flames never looked like they uh, were, were in it. But 
great series for the Avs. They they really ramped it up another level. Um, overall, what can you say about the, the Avs' performance in a whole? And let's start with Jared Bednar. Um, well, I mean, Bednar prepared his team uh, to play the, the right kind of game, and and they executed the game plan and just kept doing it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they just—I mean, starting in game two, they—they they said, "All right." Um, they—I mean, I—I <laughs> I don't even. It's so funny trying to analyze the series because, I mean, Colorado housed them, dude. Yeah, like that's—I mean, they had. That's that was like the equivalent of like they're on the playground and the abs just walked up and like pulled their pants down and then everybody made fun of them and everybody laughed at them and now we're all like ha 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 and now Colorado's looking for the next kid to make fun of. <laughs> well, I don't want to go that uh, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. I think whoever they have to play next will be much 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 better than the Flames. Yeah, well, and certainly much more experienced. Right, because I right. mean, no doubt, like they're a team that, uh, whatever. One certain, their their round two challenge is going to be an animal, right? But I, I just Bender Bender did a great job, and any whatever you want to say about his haters, you know, whatever his his detractors feel about, you know, some of his lineup decisions or how he's handled some situations this year. Uh, pushed all the right buttons here. The guy got them where they need to get, did where they need to be. The guy did something that no coach has been able to do uh, since 2008. What do you say? Great on him. I mean, we were, we were talking about, uh, you know, when they were, when they were flailing about in the middle of the year, we said, well, Quenville's out there. Maybe maybe they need to do everything they can to make nice with that guy and go make up to him. Oh, um, you know, Bender just accomplished something that nobody had been able to do since the man himself. Mm-hmm. So you know, I mean, I you don't want to you don't want to get too high and and be like, oh, well, they got to the second round, so having a ninety point season is totally irrelevant. Um. You know, they took a little bit of a step back, 95 points to 90 points, but they won their playoff round, and that's great. But, you know, they are going to be starting on the road. They're going to be on the road for however long this playoff run lasts. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to go be a great road team yeah. because of what happened during the regular season. So you can't, you know, you can't, um, you don't want to get too high. You don't want to be like, okay, he's the greatest coach. He's a top 10 coach in the NHL right now. The guy's the man. I don't know where I would put him, honestly. Ranking coaches is impossible. Um, but I do think that whatever whatever the people out there who feel like uh, Jared, like the Avs could do better than Jared Bednar, I think the writing is pretty plainly on the wall that, hey, you know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe they can do better. But they'd have to work really, really hard to find somebody. Yeah. Yeah, he's done a he's done a great job uh, with this group getting it ready for for a playoff run. Um, now the abs the abs forward core as a whole, you know, again a lot of uh, criticism all year, obviously, of this team of their 
lack of depth, lack of, you know, if the top guys aren't going, uh, then they're in a lot of trouble. Now, the top guys were going in this in this series. The the Avs got uh, big contributions from Miko Rantanen, Nathan McKinnon. But, I mean, Matt Nieto picks up four points. Uh, uh, you know, Carl Soderberg had a, had a good series. Tyson Berry, Kale McCarr. Tyson Jost, while he didn't get any points, uh, you really liked his play. Colin Wilson, four points. JT Comfort, three points. Uh, you got some nice co- contributions down your lineup. You like to see more from from some of those guys. Tyson Jost, you'd like to see a little bit more, uh, you know, results. Uh, Alexander Kerfoot, the same. But I don't think you can be too upset with many guys' individual performances in this series. Yeah. Try and find an app who you thought played poorly. And I I mean, I thought the whole defense was really good as a whole. Yep. Um, now, let me ask you this. You have to hope, you have to assume Samuel Gerrard is back at least at some point in the next round. Man. What do you do there? Because Kale McCarr, I thought, man, he answered the bell. Uh, well, he's not coming out of line. That's up. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I don't think you can say for a second Kale McCarr didn't look comfortable uh, didn't look like he belonged, didn't look like he couldn't make the plays, didn't look like he was having to adjust. No, he belongs. He's staying. Uh, that dude does not need to be a healthy scratch at any point in his life. <laughs> he's awesome. Like, he's awesome. So that's what I'm saying. What I mean, what do you do? What do you do with Sam Gerard? Um I mean, what I would what I would do is I would still strongly consider the eleven seven line or the yeah the eleven seven lineup just because I don't think they're getting much out of Andrew Ghetto. So that, but I mean, who do you um, run as that know what, seventh guy? Well, I mean, you'd keep Nemeth in the lineup, but at the same time, um, I don't I don't think that Nemeth has played so well that he has to stay in the lineup, right? Um, but I do think he has played well. I think he's been good. And it's just the it's it's my it's it's my nature wanting to be to play the situation a little safer to say that they should run eleven set and keep the extra defenseman in there. But so so and rotate him around. But I think I think the the absolute smartest thing to do is to just play your best lineup. Um drop your drop your your forwards in there. Um, and Hey, you know, I hate to say this, but the Eagles might be done by the time the second round gets going. Mm. Um, so they, you know, you might have some black aces showing up. You might have a few more options on your fourth line. Um, I think you could replace Andrew ghetto with Broussard if Broussard's healthy. Uh, I don't really know what's going on there. It's it's one thing for a guy to miss a game with the flu, but now it's like, where is this guy at right. all? Um, <clears throat> but I, I, you, you absolutely can't take Makar out. Gerard gets healthy. Gerard has to play. Um, no other defenseman, like to be honest, no defenseman deserves to come out of the lineup. But at this point, um. Just see what you have, mm-hmm. you know. Just I would, I would, I would roll out the the Gerard Barry McCarr um, with those three and and go from there. 
Um, if they want to be, if they want to really play it safe, 11 seven is the way to do it. If they just want to say, Hey, these are our six best defensemen and that's life. Uh, you know, sorry, Nemo, you've done everything for us. You've been a, a total warrior all year. You've been the best third pairing defenseman that the abs have had in a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, like actual, like real third pairing defensemen, not like Zadorov's on the third pairing or Cole's on the third pairing because they don't have any better, you know, because they have too much depth or whatever. Like you've been the best actual third pairing defenseman that the abs have had in forever. And, and he's totally been worth the waiver wire pickup and blah, 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 blah. But I think when Gerard gets healthy, he should probably just lose that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, it's the playoffs. It's, it's, you know, you're not, you're not here to hold hands, you know, you're here to win games. And I think that lineup gives you the best chance to do it. Uh, well, there you go. AJ, just, just, just put a bow on this series for us. Uh, the Avs, they did, you know, we're, we're, we're being lighthearted and all that stuff. And, and it's going to be a huge uphill battle, whoever they have to play next, uh, and, and and I think maybe the reason we're enjoying this so much because you can't take these series for granted. Uh, you know they can they can go sideways in a hurry. The playoffs can be over in the blink of an eye. What can you say about the Abs in this first round? They, I mean, they were just fantastic. They were. I mean, this is potential realized. Mm-hmm. You know, you draft guys in the top ten. This is what you want. You know, you say, okay, well, we got a guy that we drafted first overall. We want him to be a franchise changer for us. We want him to come in and we want him to dominate. And then, you know, we want him to to, to be one of the top players in the NHL. And then we want this guy to also compete for, uh, you know, playoff honors as well. We want him to be a dominant playoff player. You want, I mean, when you draft a guy first overall, you want the mm-hmm. world. And that's what Nathan McKinnon is giving the Avalanche right now. Yeah. You know, Landis Cog was in a weaker draft year, second overall, and he's great. I mean, the guy is built for this. And you can tell that he's still fighting off a little bit of a, a little bit of an upper body thing. But it doesn't matter. He's still productive. He's still effective. He's still really good. Well, and the nice thing um, – go ahead. This is – this is what I'm saying, though. This is this is potential realized. We talk all about, oh, man, when they put it together, they're going to be really good. When they do this, they're going to be really good. And you know, like, you know, you can pick five guys off this lineup that aren't going to be here next year that are going to be guys that they are either replacing a high-end free agent with or a first-round mm-hmm. pick with. And, you know, there might be adjustment periods to that. There might be, you know, especially with the first round pick, it might not be as good right away um, or or it may not be like clearly better right away. But over time, you believe it mm-hmm. will be eventually. But like this, this team is still has so yeah. much to add to it that it's like if they're already this good today, we're going to be talking about them. And I know I'm going to be talking about them. Uh, certainly, until they until they do something on off or on in the off season to to add to the team, I'm going to be talking about this group and how their expectation next year is winning mm-hmm. the Central Division. I mean, you won a round in the playoffs. We've talked about this over and over. You know, outside of 
outside of the 29-game stretch where they were god-awful, they played at 113-point pace this year. That wins the division by a mile. Like, Nashville won it with, what, 100 points? So, you know, like, this is... This is not your average eighth seed. This was a sleeping giant of an eighth seed because of the way they had played outside of that stretch and because of the way that when this team has confidence, they play downhill on teams. And they just did it to Calgary where they walked in off of an insane stretch to finish the year where they won a ton of their games. You know, they had the, they went 8-1-2 and two in their last 11 to make the postseason. Then they rolled into the playoffs and they went four and one against the top seeded Flames. You want to put a bow on it? The bow should just be a big old warning sign to the rest of the NHL. These dudes are here now. This is no longer this is no longer a world where we're talking about them fighting for a postseason spot. Oh, they're a young team and we've got to be patient and blah, 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 blah. That world is over. They won, a, they won a first round playoff series. They did it convincingly. They didn't scrape by, you know, oh, we can only win our home games and even then just barely. You know, they went on the road and they smoked the flames twice in Calgary. They went, they went in home, they went at home, they dominated Calgary twice. Like they they put themselves in a position where we talked about expectations being raised. Those expectations at this point, when you talk about being realistic and, oh, well, they're not a cup contender and you're not this, you're not that, you get to the second round Uh of the playoffs, you're a cup contender. And after that, it's all matchups and it's all who can survive the gauntlet and all those good things. But I'm telling you, there is no reason not to believe that this team can make Can make can make life absolutely miserable on whoever they play next. I don't care if it's San Jose. I don't care if it's Vegas. It's going to be a a very very difficult series, and probably the toughest that they would face in a theoretical cup run this year. <coughs> Excuse me, but at the same time, right? Why would you doubt this team? Right now, everything going the way that it is. Why would you doubt them? Because, I mean, right now, I'm I'm not saying I'm going to, you know, oh, I'm picking them to do everything now, but they're here now. The takeaway from this series for me is they're here now. They're here, and this is the expectation now. Well, and you and I were talking, uh, again, off the air before game one, and we were talking about the series, and I said, and you know, man, here's my thing. If Nathan McKinnon gets into round two and gets a taste, all bets are off. Because all throughout his career, every time he's had to take his game to the next level, he's just eaten everyone up. And I think we've just been waiting. I I don't think we've seen peak Nathan McKinnon. I think the the longer he sticks around in these playoffs, he's going to get harder and harder and harder to play against, and he's got a chance to take his game up another level, and I cannot wait to see it. Uh, I'm excited, man. The Avs get a few days off to rest up. 
Vegas. They need them too. Like this is a big, big, big thing for them to get these couple days of rest. Vegas and San Jose don't play again until tomorrow. So that's now officially the series you're watching, folks. That's the one of interest to see who comes out of the uh, the other half of the Pacific Division bracket. Uh, but the abs do. They're going to get some much-needed time off. There's two series that play game five tonight that are both tied at two. So you know you've got at least tonight and one more uh, game out of those. So the abs are going to get some 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 much-needed time off. Um, and, and I think that'll be good for them. And uh, you, you hope that maybe one of Stars, Predators, or Capitals, Hurricanes, uh, you know, Goes at least a couple more games. Get yourself a few more days of rest. Get Gerard healthy. Like you said, you know, anybody that's banged up a little bit from that first series can kind of heal the bumps and bruises and stuff you hear, uh, you hope here over the next couple of days. For Adrian Dater and AJ Haefeli, I'm Jesse Montano. We are signing off from the first round, heading into round two. This season is not done yet. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Thank you guys all so much for listening. We'll talk to you from round two.